This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Monday morning, so it's time to catch up with Jay Lehman, our All-American analyst, to talk about an Illinois 23-17 victory over Florida Atlantic. A little too close for comfort, another slow start. Not finding the perfect game yet for Illinois here, Jay. Uh, this felt like it could be a get-right game. As I wrote, it was more kind of a get-by. Uh, but yep. uh, they, there was there was some good stuff in there. There were some concerns. So just overall thoughts on, on a win for Illinois in the non-conference finale. Well, I think, like you said, it's a win. They got by. Certainly wasn't a complete game by any stretch of the imagination. We just haven't seen this team play its best ball yet on offense, defense, and special teams. Offense, the slow start, it continues to hamper the game plan of what Illinois wants to be under Brett Bielema, what they're built to be like under Brett Bielema. And so that's been a struggle. Good to see Luke Altmaier bounce back in a big way with a 300-yard passing game and largely took care of the football Took some more sacks because he wasn't throwing the ball out, trying to get out, but he took some more sacks because of that, and the protection wasn't great. Defensively, probably one of the better defensive performances. It is one of the better defensive performances we've had in tight condition. I thought they played a little bit better against Penn State as far as if you leveled out for the competition. But I thought some of the areas that they were put in to really get us out of the jam and make some red zone stops, I believe there was – maybe three drives within the red zone. They came back with nothing. And uh, that was the difference in the football game, along with a couple big plays in the vertical passing game. Yeah, Jay, let's, let's start with the concerns. I want to get to the positives because I do think there were some real positives sure. of this performance. But let's start with the slow starts. Illinois has been outscored 33-7 to in the first quarter. And that seven, seven points from the offense in the first quarter through four games is a concern. How do you fix that? What does Illinois need to address? Well, you know, we saw the opening drive of the season. It was fantastic, right? We're like, wow, this is amazing, right? And so they were ready for that one. Uh, but since then, we've had a lot of – let's just talk about the the initial drives. We've seen missed field goals. We've seen going forward on fourth down. Like, they went forward on fourth down, uh, you know, was it about fourth and two or three maybe? Fourth from like, and three, yeah. From like the 20? I mean, it wasn't that far out, you know, and I know that – you know, Caleb Griffin and then Alano, I know they've kind of gone back and forth on kicking as far as, well, at least on kickoffs. And so, one, they just haven't finished drives great. Two, they've, they've had some penalty issues that have backed them up some. But, but again, I think the main thing is they have not been able to establish the run game. If you 
look at the first, we did get the run game going later on this game, but if you look at the first seven or eight runs, they're pretty, eh, bah, right? They're, they're not great. And when we can't establish the run game, we simply don't have a developed passing attack enough to actually put points on the board in a consistent manner. We are a complimentary football team. I will say this. We haven't gotten a ton of turnovers by the defense either, right? So we haven't had just layups for field position. That happened sometimes last year. We would get the ball at the 20 or the 30 and, and, and score, right? So I, I think it all comes together, but I don't think Luke Altmyer has played, has played his best in the first quarter. I don't think the running backs have played their, uh, and the offensive line have played, and we haven't executed at critical times. Yeah, and turnovers, huge problem. I mean, they, they were huge winners in the turnover margin last year, Jay. So far this year, 10 to 4. Um, and, and even the first six fumbles have only gotten one of them back, but but only a couple interceptions so far this year. They, they lost 2 to 1 to Ford Atlantic. Uh, and some of those turnovers right uh, in the red zone for Ford Atlantic. Right. So uh, they need to clean that up offensively. But I think you're right on the other side of it is, is the defense. I think their next step is, is getting some more of those takeaways. Yeah, we're, we're just not – listen, we know that we lost, you know, three of the top 70 picks in the, in the draft, right? We, we, it's well-documented. Um, so we're, we're going to have some production that goes down. We, it also seems like a revolving door on the back end, to be honest. I mean, Zach Toby, I think, played great. But, like, there, we just have we, – we can't keep Tyler Strain or Taz on the field. Uh, and, and that's an issue. Uh, it's not normal for corners to get – as banged up as those two guys, not their fault. It's just, I don't know if it's a style of game we're playing or what's going on, but they're just really banged up. So we haven't had consistency in the back end. Usually your safeties will lead you in interceptions, right? That's been a revolving door. Matthew Bailey has obviously played all of like a quarter and he will not play any of the rest of the season. Xavier Scott has had to play all kinds of different positions. Clayton Bush is in and out. We've had a lot of, uh, we had a pick drop by, uh, what is the new guy from New Jersey? Sabor Kareem, yeah. Okay, I haven't, haven't looked at the pronunciation, guys, but Sabor had a pick that he could have had, right? But a good, good read. He'll learn. Um, so when you have a lot of, you know, uh, back-end players that are new, you're going to have less picks, and they're, they're still trying to find out what defense they actually do want to run. Uh, the other one, before we get to the position group I'm concerned about, is, is the penalties, Jay. Six for 72 yards in this game. Zy Chrysler's holding negates a phenomenal throw by Luke Altmaier, by the way, right. to, to Pat Bryant. Uh, and then defense, they they had several personal foul penalties in that one. So those those cropped up again. Yeah, you know, we were watching the game at Big Ten Network on, on Saturday, and one of the guys in, in the green room were watching it says, it just seems every time we watch Illinois, there's after the whistle penalties. I believe it was – you know, a late hit here and there. And they've just got to clean that up. I mean, it's like, it's just been so, they've been at critical times a lot of times and they've just been, it just looks bad on the whole discipline of the program and how we're teaching players to play. It's like, like I've said, this team wants to be chippy, but sometimes it needs to be chippy inside the whistles, right? Not outside the whistles. The holdings were not pretty. Some of them were ugly. Uh, some of them were obvious. And so, we, we just got to be better all around. Again, we have not played uh, our best game yet. We haven't played a complete game yet. And I think what's disappointing is that we have high expectations with this team, and they really haven't met those expectations yet. Not all is lost. They certainly haven't met those expectations less. Yet I will say, hey, big picture, they played, they've lost to two pretty good football teams. Kansas looks to be like a good football team. The, the Penn State win with what they did at Iowa, maybe, maybe it wasn't that bad of a game. The, the the dismantling 
of Iowa. And I watched that entire game and it was, it was a sad state of affairs. So um, they have two good losses. If you can call it, I don't think their two wins are great because they're non power five wins. We're still looking for a first power five win. Yeah. Jay, I didn't think four games in going into Purdue that the offensive line would be my biggest concern position group wise uh, on this team. Um, You know, there's some good players. We saw some of these guys perform last year, but they aren't performing up to that level as a group so far. I mean, for me, I was more concerned the first half with with their run blocking, to be honest with you. And then, of course, they've really struggled to protect Luke Altmaier. I think Luke Altmaier is part of that, needing to get the ball quicker. But how concerned are you about this offensive line? What are you seeing up there? So great question. One, um, I think, you know, you never know how much you're going to miss a guy until he's gone. I think Alex Belcheski covered up a lot. There's a reason he made the roster for the Denver Broncos and played in the NFL, right? He's a good football player and had a lot of experience and uh, really locked down, I believe, the right tackle spot. He played right tackle last year. Um, so I think we're, we're, we're missing that for sure. I think Isaiah Adams and Zy Chrysler both are just more comfortable at guard. I think we, I think they're just better at guard. I think Isaiah Adams is the most athletic, probably of, of the linemen and size wise, that he's able to move out to right tackle without moving Julian Pearl. But he doesn't look comfortable out there. I mean, he's he's not getting dominated, but he doesn't look like he can just road grade like he does at the guard position, right? Josh Crutes, I've actually been impressed with Josh. I think he's been decent for his first year starting, been consistent. Zy Chrysler's really struggled. And I don't know if it's the lack of, I don't know if it's just the lack of reps in spring and summer. I don't know if it's the starting at tackle. I don't know if it's a loss of confidence, but we, we've got to be better at the point of attack. Now I run blocking, but also in the past blocking it's, and, and, and Julian Pearl hasn't been sensational uh, at all. Um, and so I don't think there's one guy you could say, this guy's really played above and beyond what we thought he was going to play at. Um, but I will say that, uh, sorry, you know, it, for some reason, guys, everybody always wants to call me at this time and it blows up my screen. I can't see it, but I will say, I just turned off my phone. I apologize. You know, we talk a real here, right? You know, this is live. We don't record this and say, okay, let's do another hit. That's, that's for the big network TV people. But I would say, I would, I would say this is I've been impressed with Josh Groots. I want to see, do we have anybody that we saw white net get in for a little bit? Uh, I believe a Penn State game. Jordan Slaughter has been kind of a super sub for years. Can he press into the starting lineup? Are there any younger players that can – it's just a hard place to build depth at when you're building a program. Yeah, listen, Bart Miller knows offensive line. I I think he's a good coach. And I think Brett Bielema obviously knows offensive line. So the fact that they keep going with those guys is interesting to me given – that they're struggling, but I, I do think I, I'd like to see a little bit more of a rotation, uh, but going up against big 10 defensive fronts, I know Purdue's not the best Jay, but they got a couple guys. Yeah, they got um, some SEC transfers. Some, they got some yeah. speed. What, what I've found is that we really struggle with movement up front from an XO perspective. Manny Diaz, uh, the defensive quarterback of Penn state used a ton of movement against our offense offensive line uh one you know with the, the josh mccray fumble was largely a stunt where everybody did a you know a stick into the inside gap i saw that you know i get some of these undersized d lines that we face toledo being one of them and uh, fau they're using movement against us and we're not we're not adjusting to it great usually you use movement when you have a smaller defensive line and maybe you don't you can't go one-on-one on somebody we've struggled with movement and so 
So I think that's been I think that's been difficult, and and partially that might be because they go up against the D line. We don't move a ton with our D line, partially because we got guys that can beat one on one, right? And so maybe they're not repping it that much, but uh, we struggle with movement. And I think that's what Purdue's going to do when they look at the film. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. If you're too busy to cook this fall but want to make sure you're eating well, with Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping prepping and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need factors fresh never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes all you have to do is heat up and enjoy then get back to crushing your goals this september get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door ready in just two minutes no prep no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 now and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. I want to take a minute and tell you about Homefield. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 plus colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Homefield designs are super unique, guys, because they delve into the archives and history of each school, including Illinois, and they use unique logos and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. So if you go to Homefield, Fieldapparel.com, you can see the 80s Illini football helmet that so many of you like, flying Illini logo, the Illinois basketball logo from the 2004-2005 Illini team, the script Illini is there, and you guys, these are the most comfortable shirts, and that's what I love about Home Field Apparel, you get the comfort, but you also get authenticity and nostalgia, so I'm telling you guys, give their site a look, it's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see, you can find them at homefieldapparel.com, where you can see their collection of college available. And guess what? Our listeners at Illini Inquire get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. Again, 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com with discount code Illini23. So as you go to Illinois football games, get ready for the Illinois basketball season, Homefield Apparel is the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. RJ, let's focus on some of the positives, some bright spots from, from this win yes. to get the win, go on a 23 nothing run. And I, I thought there were so many opportunities to put this game away. And whether it was the holding, whether it was Hank Beatty's fumble, they, they just weren't able to put this one away. But sure. they, they played really well for, for the most of the last, final three quarters. Luke Altmaier bounced back. I, I know the yeah. level of competition is not what he'll see the rest of the year. FAU is probably the worst team they'll play the rest of the year. But uh, that was encouraging because he just looked calm, poised, confident, despite what happened the week prior. What, what stood out to you? Well, anytime you can throw for 300 yards at Illinois, it's a good day for the quarterback, right? Let's not look. Let's not look. Look. Look like that. One thing I thought about Luke is, I thought he uh, he slowed down a little bit. It looked to me like the game slowed down. I, I give Luke credit. A lot of times he would just get the ball out and get rid of it, but that, that led to some interceptions. He held on to the ball some more. You've also got to protect him. That's why we had a couple more sacks. You got to work a little bit on ball security. But what I liked about Luke is um, there are some set plays they're running. You know, we saw a couple set plays for Isaiah, a couple set plays for Malik Elzey, 
But what I like about Altmaier, I think he has the ability to actually get through one, two, three reads if he has time. And he'll also often makes one guy miss, gets his eyes back downfield and makes the play. You know, Griffin Moore really wasn't, I don't think, the guy they wanted to throw the football to initially on that play. I but, felt bad for Keon Battle. That would have been a heck of a first play for Keon Battle. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, he would have – I mean, they wanted to throw it to Battle. But, I, you know, I I think there was, a, there was a defender that made him kind of sidestep, get his eyes down. He got his eyes back down the field, hit Griffin more in stride. I've been impressed – by his deep ball, I mean, I think he's he's he, he was on target to tip uh, as well uh, on that. And speaking of the tight ends, Boyer had a big catch. Tip Ryman had a big catch. Uh, Griffin Moore obviously with a big catch. And then uh, you know it's good to see Isaiah climb the ladder on that one and have confidence to give him a chance. That wasn't a great ball by Altmaier at all, but it's good to see you know the high point from Isaiah Williams. So I think overall, what I liked about uh, Luke is one, he was productive. But two, and he started off the game pretty hot too. I mean, he's like nine for ten starting out. Uh, he did have a fumble in there, but he was not only productive. He read, you know, first, second, third uh, progression. Sometimes he has the ability, I believe, to really settle that offense down. And again, made plays with his legs when they need him to make plays with his legs. And so he's got everything with it. He's still in his uh, sixth start, maybe. And so he's still a young quarterback. Doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a lot of reps. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the tight ends. I thought Henry Boyer was good, but there were some wrinkles of thirteen personnel that that really helped that Aiden Lawfrey run going. Um, and, and I thought Barry had, had a really creative script play calling. Uh, got some big plays. You want more than twenty three points? That is for sure, Jay. Uh, but there was just some interesting looks, especially with those big plays, the tight ends, and uh, a trick play in the flea flicker. You know. Barry kind of unloaded the bag a little bit. It felt yeah. Like a bit. Well, one, it shows the depth of tight end, you know, 13 personnel for, you know, those that don't know one back three tight ends, one receiver. I think Boyer has uh, shown that, that he can be on the field and make plays and be productive Tip Ryman Griffin Moore as well. Um, you know, we saw that bunch, like you said, they, they, you know how they, I think Brett mentioned it. Hey, what are some plays that they don't have to know the whole playbook as far as the young guys, but we can get them in on some plays that maybe they do know. And so obviously the Aiden Lawfrey long run was a play that they had figured out, right? A little pitch with the bunch and let him get out in space, make some people miss. Uh, you know, Malik Elsley obviously had two plays called his way. Unfortunately had to drop. Hank Beatty had a play called his way. Unfortunately had a fumble. So we had some freshman moments in there, right? But the talents there, there were some freshman moments but I agree with Lonnie. He he, uh, with you on your count on Lonnie. He took some shots down the field, used creative personnel, creative formations to try to get the ball in space to our playmakers. And right now we've got limited playmakers. At least it feels like that, right? So you got to do a good job of getting in the ball. And I think he did a good job. Uh, Josh McCray was Josh McCray. Jay. Yeah. Um, especially in that, that fourth quarter, I think he totaled 60 yards on 10 touches in, in that fourth quarter. What is the value when you get that Josh McCray? And, and I will credit the offensive line. They got more physical uh, in that second half and, and were able to establish the run. W what does McCray give you if he's like that the rest of the year? Well, the most impressive drive was that, you know, last drive, that four minute drill drive. We call it a four minute drill when you're on offense trying to knock, you know, trying to run the clock out. Uh, defense, you know, when you're behind, it's a two-minute drill because you're trying to save the clock and trying to get ahead. But that four-minute drill they ran 
And it's not just can I run the ball. It's can I run the ball when everybody in the stadium and everybody on the opposite team knows that I'm going to run the ball. Can I do that when they know? Not on second and third in the second quarter where I could run or pass and nobody knows, but when I do it. And when you can do that, you can close out games. And what I what I saw from Josh McCray that I hadn't seen was an ability finally to get to that second level. And that's where he really excels, honestly. Because if he can get past the initial line of scrimmage, he's got a head of steam going. He's usually going to break a tackle and then fall forward for another two, three, four yards. And pretty soon you'll look, and his his bunch of carries are five, six, seven, eight yards. And that's when you start to get the chunks kind of rolling in. He did drop a pass, but for the most part, I did see him catch a pass too. He's got better hands than you think for a bigger running back out of the backfield. So I think if they can get production out of him, especially when Reggie got a little bit banged up, it seemed like I think he's fine, but it seemed like he took a couple hits, right? That he was like, eh. So they put Red uh, Josh in there and really trusted him to run rock. So it was, it. I can't understand enough how uh, overstate enough how important it is for Josh to be healthy for this football team when it comes to a running attack. Jay, let's talk about the secondary. Illinois gave up 260 passing yards and, and two touchdowns, but it was 5.2 yards per attempt, which would be top 15 in the country over an entire sure. season. They had 11 pass breakups. Uh, you mentioned Taz. I think he's been great in coverage this year. Tyler Strain, I thought, battled. Xavier Scott had a tough assignment with LeJonte Wester. But yeah. you saw those two guys when they got banged up. Zach Toby, Subor Kareem, two freshmen, came in. Uh, and what, what shine to you? Six pass breakups between the two, but what'd you right. notice? Well, one thing I like about, uh, about, about Toby is I didn't see much panic out of him, right? There were some opportunities where they really tried to go after him on, on routes that are difficult. Uh, you know, a guy had to step on him, has to read the hands, has to actually play without being able to see the football didn't panic. So I really, I really like that. I think Kareem showed me a lot of instincts. I think the guy's where he needs to be. And what I like, I think what I, you, you always want to see from a DB is the ability to transition from your backpedal to breaking on the football. And Kareem has an elite level uh, ability to do that. Uh, meaning that he can be in that crouch backpedal, read, recognize the play and make a break on the ball. We saw that for that, for that play that should have been an interception. Toby, what's interesting about him is that he's got some rare length, it seems like, at corner to be able to move like that. I think Taz has played well. Taz has never been a length guy. Taz has been a very physical, kind of in-your-face, bulldog kind of football player. And when he's in there, he's great. We It's hard to get Taz to finish a game. And I, like, I don't know if it's the style that Taz plays or what, um, but, but Taz has an ability to cover anybody in the country. I, I really believe that. And Xavier Scott, on the other hand, uh, they have enough confidence in him that we're going to put you on, you know, probably the best receiver uh, in, you know, in in the American country. I mean, one of the best receivers in the country. I mean, he's got 43 catches or something like that through four games. And, uh, you know, Todd Her- Tom Herman said he could play in Texas. He could play anywhere, right, that he wanted to play. And so to see what the, the, the – the trust they have in Scott. I mean, Scott is still raw a little bit as far as technique and as far as how he gets stuff done. The ceiling's there. I think Xavier Scott's going to be a high draft pick by the time he's gone here at Illinois. I think, uh, you know, if he stays past his junior year, uh, he could be a very high draft pick as a senior. So I'm excited about what I see out of that group. I think Clayton Bush continues to be steady, better in run support like he was last week. And so I think we're solid. Yeah, Nicario Harper came in and played a little bit. But what I like sure. about what I like about Xavier Scott is he's to go Ted Lasso on you. He 
thinks like a goldfish. He doesn't think about the previous play. Thinks um, like a goldfish, man. Great, great show, Ted Lasso. I think it's, I think it's done now. Obviously, I think the third two in, but think like a goldfish. You got to have that. It was Avery Scott's a guy that kind of got baptized by fire in the Michigan game last year. I think learned a ton from it and is really solid. Did I freeze? I, I think I froze, to be honest. Okay. But gotcha. I'll, I'll cut that up. Okay, gotcha. Uh, all right, here we go. Jay, I want to bring up the linebackers. I thought they were a real bright spot um, in this game. Not as much Tariq Barnes, which I find interesting, but Kanana Odaluga played a bunch of snaps. Uh, James Crutes played, I think, his most snaps on defense. Dylan Rosiak uh, played more than Barnes. Um, what, what did you make of those guys? Um, so, one, I do think it was improved play. Uh, we had mentioned that possibly Odaluga and Cruz could start pushing for some playing time. Uh, I think they were solid. I I would say, I would say, I'm not sure any of them are better than Tariq Barnes at this point. Maybe Barnes is not 100% healthy. I don't know what's going on. I would still push for Barnes to get most of the reps, although I don't think they're getting the production out of the backers the first three games that they thought they might get out. So I think we're, we're seeing that. But in general, FAU really couldn't run the ball consistently the way they probably wanted to. They had some moments where they ran the ball decent. But I, I feel like um, it's been a while for this team the last two years. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong that we've really talked about linebackers. It's been defensive backs. It's been defensive line. So I'm still kind of waiting for those linebackers who I think are solid players. And Dark Angel had some good plays last year. So I definitely don't want to uh say that but I, i'm still looking for them to make some splash plays i'm still make, waiting for them to see some big big hits some 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 sacks some i'm waiting for them to make difference makers right now i feel like we have a lot of guys that are that are out there and doing their job and being consistent but we haven't seen a lot of game-changing plays if you're a linebacker you're gonna make game-changing plays yeah, I noticed that against Penn State when you saw Abdul Carter, right? Like it, the place he was making, like it's like Illinois hasn't had one of those guys recently. I mean, w- one of the best pieces of advice that I got when I was trying to make football teams in the NFL, I got cut by seven of them, so I know what it takes not to make a team, uh, is uh, someone told me, an old, old coach or, that said, it's not, it's not the coach's job to notice you as a linebacker. It's your job to have the, it's your job to have the coach notice you. Okay, so it's not the coach's job to notice you. It's your job as a defensive player. Now, sometimes you can play outside the framework of the defense. You can try to do too much. But at the end of the day, you can't get graded out with just pluses and never make a play. You've got to make difference maker plays at the linebacker position. I'm still waiting to see that from this Illinois defense. Can we have a game-changing play? This defense has got to set up this offense a little bit more than it has. Certainly bailed them out a couple times off of turnovers, but they've got to set them up more. I think we've got good guys there. I think a lot of them are inexperienced. Rosiak, Odaluga, and Kruitz, very inexperienced, but I think they can be good football players. I think Tariq Barnes, we know he got banged up a little bit two weeks ago in practice with a contusion, I think, along with Keith Randolph. I want to see him make more plays. I'm sure he wants to see himself make more plays. I don't want to overlook this guy or underappreciate him, Jay, but Isaiah Williams is one heck of a receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's three yards behind Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Big Ten lead in in receiving yards. He's number one in receptions, 24. You can see why Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, all these schools offered him as a wide receiver, but he's a darn good player. You know, I, I give him a lot of credit for how he's taken up receiver. He's got a really good instinct of finding soft spots in the zone, not just being a robot with his routes. Um, and ability, we've always known his ability to make people miss in space. 
I think the challenge has been, can we get him a free release off the line of scrimmage? So use him in motion, put him in the slot so that he's not just up on a big corner or safety that's going to bang him. And can he make contested catches? I think he's shown that he's been much improved on contested catches. The biggest one was the one he climbed the ladder with Luke Altmaier, right? So I, I think he's still going to be the guy you got to get the ball to numerous times. Obviously, that was uh, they were committed to getting to him earlier and all more often this game. And, and uh, everyone knows that. I mean, everybody's called him out from the sideline, I'm sure. Everybody has to know where number one is at. But I, he's got a very sure-handedness to him, even as opposed to last year. You know, there would be games where he struggled a little bit last year, maybe the Iowa game or something else. I haven't seen that drop-off in game. You see a level of consistency from Isaiah. He's always getting yards. He gets a lot of yards for a receiver. It's hard to get yards as a receiver. He's done it. I'm very excited to announce a new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can more than 20 times your amount of money by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you got to check this one out. This year's best ball mania has 50 million in total prizes up for grabs with the winner taking home 3 million. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 plus and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. RJ, Illinois has been underwhelming this season. I think that is completely fair. Um, nothing has come easy for them, but the rest of the West sure has looked underwhelming as well. So as we start eight games of Big Ten play, including one crossover yeah. against Indiana, um, there's so many winnable games. If they just clean things up, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Just be cleaner. I mean, the most potent offense I think they'll see is probably Maryland. That's a that's probably the most potent offense. Although you know Wisconsin looks solid, they just had a big injury to Ches Malusi on, on the west side. So our two crossovers are not necessarily behemoths in Indiana and Maryland, and then we've got the West. So like if we clean the stuff up, it can happen. Now, I will say this: these next two weeks are really, really, really telling. Right? These are two football teams that you should beat. You really should. Now Purdue would say. 
this is a football team you should beat because Purdue always think they should be Illinois. No one always thinks they should be Purdue. But if I put on the tape, Purdue has had more holes than we have had. And that's uh, I, other than the Virginia Tech game, the way they've contained quarterbacks and, 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 and played defense has not stopped anybody. Okay. And we've had holes, but they've had a couple more holes. I thought Purdue was going to be better, especially at the Virginia Tech game. They've really struggled. Nebraska, that should be a team that we should beat. All they can do is run the football. You stop the run, you will win that game. You take care of the football. I don't think uh, Wisconsin's uh, anything special, although I do think they're getting better and better. Iowa um, is going to be Iowa, going to struggle on offense, right? And Minnesota, Minnesota struggled, right? I mean, Minnesota just lost to Northwestern. I watched that game. I could not believe what I was seeing. Uh, that that might be one of P.J. Fleck's worst loss in the program if you think about where Northwestern's at. So across the board, uh, they're all bad. And it's pretty much a consensus. They're all bad. And that at Oregon and Washington and USC are really good. And so if it really when – when they come in, it's going to be a totally different game. Yeah, uh, I, I think Illinois, all those other teams say, oh, they're not as good as we thought. So that's a, that's a, another potential win. But Illinois can look at all the other schools the same way. This Purdue matchup, it's obviously a rivalry. I think there's more juice to this rivalry with Ryan Walters, Kevin Kane, Corey sure. Patterson, all of those guys uh, that went over to Purdue. What is the dynamic of that like this week, Jay? I mean, because obviously when you're in the conference for a while, people know what you do. But these guys know intimately uh, the personnel, the scheme, the, the tendencies. So uh, how does that play into factor on both sides? That's a great question. So I think for Purdue, they've got a little bit of an advantage in that they were with all these players last year, especially from a defensive perspective. I know Corey Patterson was on the offensive side. But I think Corey Patterson's been in rooms with Barry Lunny. And obviously, Ryan Walters was a big part of mentoring Aaron Henry, right? And so not only have we had coaches that were last year in the same rooms as our coordinators, current coordinators, but they've seen all of our players play in practice and whatnot. And I think what you're going to get is they're going to really attack certain linemen, certain defensive backs with specific routes they know are tough on these guys, right? Specific matchups. And they know, hey, this one. And on the other side, you know, Walters is going to look and say, hey, Barry Lunny used to like to do this when we were practicing. So I do think it's a little bit of an advantage uh, for Purdue, but I can flip that too and say, hey, we know exactly what Ryan, how Ryan Walters thinks and what he's going to do and how he's going to be stubborn in this way, in that way. And say, hey, you know, look at what he's doing differently in these first four games, how have they struggled. I also think there's more juice because I love what Brett said when Ryan took that job, it was like, yeah, I've been trying to help him get a job. And it wasn't that one. And then, then this one came up. I was like, oh, he's going to take that one. And he took the Purdue job. So it was kind of like a bummer that he wanted Ryan to get a job, but he didn't want him to be in the same division. And then number two, I would say, is the recruiting battles, right? The Hudson card, the, the other battles that they're battling people for. So I think it's got a ton of juice behind it. Uh, I think the fact that Kevin Kane decided to be the Purdue defensive coordinator and Aaron Henry kind of took his spot here, or maybe he got passed over. We don't know maybe which one happened first, but um, it's just interesting. A lot of storylines for guys like you to write about, for guys like me to talk about. Uh, but at the end of the day, the players still got to play on the field. And I, I think we have, I think we have to look at this game as a, I don't want to say must win, but a huge game for this program moving forward this season. 
so Jay, I mean, Purdue, I, I think their quarterback can make plays, but he turns it over a little bit like Illinois guy. Um, but defensively Purdue's got holes right now. So what is the key on both sides of the ball for, for Illinois to, to get what I think would be a huge and maybe needed road win? Well, I was breaking down Wisconsin and Purdue for Big Ten Network. And I said, hey, quarterback run is going to be huge in that game. And Tanner Mordecai, sure enough, I think rushed for 50 yards and, and had some key first downs, got a touchdown as well. Uh, we've got a guy a lot like Tanner Mordecai, uh, who's Wisconsin's quarterback in Luke Altmaier. I think the quarterback run is going to be an option. It's really hurt Purdue. Purdue gave up 195 yards to Garrett Schrader and four touchdowns, right? So I think – Quarterback runs going to play into it. I actually think um, they have struggled in their man-to-man coverage. Purdue has. We have got to get separation because we know the man-to-man coverage that they're going to play with the high safety. Uh, Thieneman will be probably twenty yards deep, right? And he'll be making sure nobody gets behind him. Can we get in between the numbers and the hash between ten and fifteen yards down the field to hit our RPO slant or hit the dig route? or to hit the tight ends over the middle. That's really the soft spot that we've got to attack. Of course, we've got to run the football. I think this is a team that loves to move up front. Purdue, like a lot of things, are a little bit undersized up front. Can we gash them with a couple runs and make them really stay in their lines? Look, look, moving up front is fine when you're rushing the passer. It's hard to move up front when you got run lanes and gaps that you've got to cover. And so they've had a lot of issues with big plays. And uh, they've got to clean that up. Purdue has. Not saying we don't have issues, but if I'm Barry Lunny, that's how I'm probably going to attack it. Jay Lehman, you're the goods, man. Uh, huge game coming up. Here comes Big Ten play, and, and this is where Illinois can, can really prove itself, uh, but it's also going to get really, really challenged. So thanks for the insight. As always, man, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, of course. One more quick thing. People say it's only on Peacock. Isn't it on NBC now, too? Is it on NBC? Uh, this game is not on NBC. This is just Peacock. This Peacock, guys, get your streaming service. Sign up for the free, uh, for the for free uh, service. All right, I have people sure. texting about that, so it's a little yeah. bit of a shift. Yeah, uh, Illinois will be putting out plenty of information. Thank you, Jay. See you. Great stuff as always from Jay Lehman, our All American analyst. We are lucky to have him every Monday to break it down. And if you don't already, check out the Jay Lehman film room that I'll be posting on Tuesday morning. We break down some O line issues, but also some other things that go into protection and, you know, maybe some failures up front. Uh, we also look over Josh McCray's nice performance and some big plays that Illinois had and some of the things that Barry Loney did to get those big plays. So I learned something new every time Jay Lehman and I go over film room and give him some plays and say, what happened here? Uh, he gives me something I, I don't know. So definitely you become football smarter and you just see things differently when you watch the game. So it's one of our best things we have going for our VIP membership along on top of all the other things that we do, all the writing, the recruiting, reporting, all those different things, all the analysis, Jay Lehman's film room, Michael Tulip's film room, well worth the price of admission, which is just $1 for your first month at Illini Inquirer. So go check that out. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be chatting with Barry Lonnie, Aaron Henry, and Brett Bioma as they prepare for a familiar foe, not only because it's Purdue, but because it's Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane and Corey Patterson and all those support staffers who went over to West Lafayette. And Purdue needs a win. They are 0-3 at home so far this season. They are struggling. Uh, but Illinois provides them an opportunity. But this is a huge opportunity for Illinois as well. Kind of gets a 3-2, and two, gets a 1-1 one one in Big Ten play, 
and get a huge win towards your bowl eligibility, your bowl bid. I think this would be a it's a big game for both teams and obviously a lot of bragging rights on the line and some pride on the line between these two very, very familiar opponents. So we'll be covering that throughout the week. Check out all the information, all the latest at Illini Inquirer. Give us a follow on our YouTube channel as well. You can see all those interviews, those press conferences, the player interviews, our podcasts all up on our YouTube channel as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.